TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and we are inching closer to seven years of 100 Not Out and I couldn't have done it without the guru of wellness in this country. He is the <laughs> premier wellness expert. He is the all-round food champion. He is the chiropractic legend, the naturopaths and naturopaths seek counsel from. He is on this podcast the longevity expert himself. He is... <sighs> Dr. Damien Christoph, uh, brother, how are we? Marcus Pierce, you're too kind. That's all such nice stuff to say, and it's just blowing smoke. So I really love that. It's good fun. Hey, uh, how are you? Are you great? Man, I'm flying. I have I have just literally today uh, printed chapter four of my book manuscript, the chapter on nutrition, and I am abuzz with just that feeling of completion. I'm halfway through the book. Wow, chapter four. And Good on you. So how many chapters have you written now? Four. Four, four. Uh, life, okay. purpose, movement, yep. Yep. social life, and nutrition. Bang. And next comes love and relationships, Ooh. growth, wealth, and spirit. They're the remaining ones. We're well, good at those. Uh like the book is written, but this is all making it like printable, super good, super researched, thorough, timeless. <sighs> Not too opinionated, like not letting myself get in the way of the book, if that makes sense. Well, you're not very opinionated yeah. anyway. <laughs> you know, I'm a wallflower. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, yeah, when you finish the chapter, gosh, it's a good feeling. But there's so much in here that I would love to um, chat with you about, which I think our listeners would love to to talk about because it, it, there are a few things that I did not have in the outline of the chapter which made its way in there just because I realized that it would be um, – the chapter would be deficient without it in there. Okay. So don't want to, you don't want a nutrient deficient so, uh, chapter. Exactly. No malnutrition. No. No. So um, <laughs> that's where I was going. <laughs> so one, this is in, in no particular order, but I'd love to talk with you about this. Yeah. I, I somehow came across the statistics um, around food waste, and ah. I, I couldn't, literally, could not believe how bigger problem it is in the world. Uh, first of all, with Australia, I discovered this was uh, thanks to Oz Harvest, who had sourced all of the, the statistics from, from global you know, uh, groups like World Health Organization and the rest. In Australia, every year, yeah. we waste uh, 5 million tonnes of food. Come well, on. that's probably not 100% accurate. 5 million tonnes of food ends up as landfill, oh, which gosh. is enough to fill 9,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools, and that's just in one country every year. And I go, do we even have that much space in Australia? Like, that's just where, what, what state, what, what country, town is all of that living in? It's three thousand eight hundred dollars worth of groceries per household each year. Which I'm like, for some families, that's a holiday. Yeah, maybe two holidays, depending on where they're going. Um. 35% of the average household bin is food waste and nearly 4 million Aussies experience food insecurity every year, one quarter of them children, 710,000, I just imagine seven MCGs filled with people relying on food relief each month. I'm like... This is, that's, this is a disgrace. I'm outraged. A national disgrace. I'm outraged. 
It sucks. It sucks. And oh, it makes me so angry, particularly given that I had such a struggle trying to get forage into Woolworths and Coles because they're the bastards that are making this happen because they put the price of food up too high that people don't buy it. And then they go, oh, we've got to account for waste and all this sort of stuff. and We've got wages, blah, blah, blah. If they didn't bloody stuff it up as much as what they have, our farmers would be better off. Our population wouldn't be going hungry. They've stuffed it. That's oh, <laughs> I can't believe. It. I'm so angry. Oh, so, yes. That's yeah. Like, okay. What this a stat. No, no, no. I know that you are. I oh, don't even. You don't even want me to give you the global stats. Tell me the global stat. Oh, oh, this is disgusting because it makes got, your blood boil. Well, we've got okay. people dying out there of starvation, and there's famine in countries. Okay, so, so let, okay, so I don't want to. Oh, you'll probably pull your, the strands of your hair out, but here you go. First thing Please. is, we know that there is enough food produced in the world to feed everyone. Second one is. A third of all food produced is lost or wasted, which is 1.3 billion tons of food. It's $940 billion of food every year. Now, this is it. Here we go. Huh. 793 people, are, 793 million people are undernourished, wow. okay? But if we reduced our food waste uh, by one quarter of the current amount and, and saved it, uh, that would feed 870 million hungry people so this is it just coals and freaking Woolworths like it's it's that's what's happening it's those guys and the same sort of people in all the other countries just banging on about doing you know I'm going to save the planet by not using reusable bags but I'm going to make 700 million people go hungry because I'm going to chuck it out instead of giving it to them because it's not good for our balance sheet you guys seriously that's unbelievable Almost half of all fruit and vegetables produced are wasted. That's 3.7 trillion apples this is, every year. This has got to get up here. If you're not, if you're listening to this and it's not making you have to pull over like I had to the other week when I was driving back and I was listening to that podcast that Marcus told me to listen to and I was driving across Wellington Road and I had to pull over. If this isn't making you want to pull over, oh, I'm, feeling, I'm, I'm getting sweaty. Okay, and then if you're an environmentalist. <laughs> There's more. If you're an environmentalist, eight uh, percent of greenhouse gases yeah. heating the planet are yeah. caused by food waste. If food waste was a country, it would be the third biggest emitter of greenhouse gases, only behind the USA and China. Wow. If we eliminated global food waste, we'd save 4.4 million tons of CO2, the equivalent of taking one in four cars off the road, <laughs> and throwing away the hamburger that you didn't eat. Wastes the same amount of water as a ninety-minute shower. What? Really? That's because well, that's just because you know grain-fed cows take so much water. That, yeah, that's yeah, all. That's yeah. all grain-fed that's livestock, all that whatever. Stuff, right? Yeah. But that's just like that's the global stuff. You know, they're both enough to make you vomit. I just was like, how can I not put this in the book? It's just we need to. Uh, so then I wanted to just ask you about your practical improvements because I'm going. You know what? As a, as a family. Of, of six human beings and Spencer started eating, we don't have a lot of food waste, thank God, because there's a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah. But I know that there are many people that don't have the problem that I have, so many mouths to feed. And it's not just Coles or Woolies. It's not just the big end of town. It's also the small end of town and our own um, lifestyle habits that come with it. So I've had a few conversations with people around this and I'd love to get your wisdom. But let me ask you the first question. Food preparation. Mm -hmm. What is your advice based on the stats we've just gone through for people to improve their food waste 
uh, when it comes to food prep? Great question. So, well, the thing that we do, and this is just our tip, we pull out the ingredients that we're going to require for that particular meal. So, uh, we don't go and over shop. We probably shop a few times a week, which is maybe three times a week, actually. So, yep, that's a few. Uh, and and that that would then see us not waste much, if any, food at all. And in, in a meal, let's say, for example, we're cooking some vegetables, um, I know how many potatoes and carrots and peas and broccoli stems and all that sort of stuff that we're going to eat. So if we overeat, then it gets put in the fridge in a glass container and it's used the next day for lunch. So that's that's how we do it. That's how we avoid food waste. So, yeah, that is a really important factor, I think, is having – if you do have leftovers, you do have a culture of um, – Eating the leftovers? Yeah. Yeah, we don't waste. Yeah, we don't waste. You know, we're a lot of like, – I put my hand up. I'm not much of a leftovers kind of guy. I'm like, nah. I love them. Salmonella. Oh, um, <laughs> bring it on. I love <laughs> I love leftovers. In fact, sometimes I'll leave leftovers there for four or five days and then I'll eat them. Oh, they taste so good. I no wonder it. why you need so many probiotics, you leftover yeah. munching. <laughs> they are my probiotics. They are my probiotics. <laughs> <laughs> if it smells funny, if it smells funky, then it goes out. But if it doesn't smell bad, then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll eat it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Why not? I think I think I think shopping is a really big thing. I know, um, you know, like you said, you know, you don't over shop. I know for us, I, I know I buy, you know, two, I, can, I can pretty much tell you what I buy every week: two sweet potatoes, four white potatoes, this, that, twenty-three apples, twenty-one cucumbers, because <laughs> I've just seen over time, <laughs> you know. What about, do you seen, get the cukes? Are you getting cukes, or they're proper real cucumbers? No, nah, they're proper. I get 21 cucumbers because a, a, a cucumber at, at, at breakfast, 25, I, I cut it 25 circles, yep. five five pieces per person with their breakfast. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But this is just how how my brain, I know, it's so crazy. <laughs> my brain, my non-food wastage. <laughs> oh, that's the best. So if oh. I come over, when I came, because I came over for breakfast, did that throw Mate, everything you out? throw it all out. What happened? Because I, I stayed over. <laughs> I lived in. I stayed in the, overnight in the caravan. So I stayed over. I came in. You go. You fed me breakfast, <laughs> and all the kids sulked up to the table because they're sick of. Eggs and greens. Eggs and greens. Sick of that, right? And so you go, eggs and greens day, kids. Come and sit down. Blah, 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 dad. Sick of eggs and greens. You know, can't we have a weekend breakfast? No, eggs and greens day. Did I throw your numbers out? Is that what happened? Look, Sarah may have had to buy an extra cucumber on the Monday before the Tuesday market run, but, you know, we could adjust. We were... <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, good. Well, you're doing your bit for the planet. Oh, but this is the thing. So I used to, like, I am very much um, in the old me is a chucker and overbuyer, yeah. waster. Yeah. Sarah is, she's the repairer. You know, I don't conserve by nature, but I'm getting much better at this. I think older and wiser. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But uh, food, so now, like, we do, Sarah does her, like, dry goods and some fresh produce on a Monday. I do the market run on a Tuesday. Sarah does the, the butcher on a Monday, and that's pretty much it for the week. But what happens now, which didn't always happen, is if we get to Saturday or Sunday, because if you come to our place on a Sunday, the kitchen, the, the fridge looks relatively bare. And Sarah's mum was over here on the week, and she said, gee whiz, you got an empty fridge. I'm like, Jilly, it's one day till market day. Just you wait. So it's not a um, – that's just the way we do it. In the old days, we would just go out and buy extra food 
which may not have eventually been used. It's a bit like the um, you know, the people that have five or six different half-open soy sauces in their fridge or pantry that will never get used just because they bought them as almost single-use um, staples. I find that often if we go and buy something, you end up buying stuff that you don't necessarily need. So yeah. I know our, our way to not food, not waste food is just to – and I'm, I'm sure you'd agree. You always find a way to make a meal with what you've got on with what you've got regardless like you just always find a way yeah yeah well i think that's a really good thing to do so we also do the same thing so if we've got any little bits and pieces left over in the fridge you know it you know if it's got to be an omelet then we'll make an omelet if it's if it's very rarely have sauces to be honest with you so i don't really have much so uh but we would just otherwise um yeah, we just use up what we've got. So it's so unusual. Maybe what might happen is the last few lettuce leaves of the cos lettuce or of the of the butter lettuce might go floppy. And mm. that's and that's about it. Sometimes the end of the cucumber we don't reach and it starts to get a little bit soggy. Um but that's that's about all. Don't give me your cucumbers. I need as many as I can get my hands on. <laughs> um a few other a few other kind of ideas or ideals perhaps that came in was um uh, up here in the Byron Shire, we've got these green compost, uh, these little compost bins that sit up on your kitchen bench. Oh, yeah. So, yeah we used to I have think, those. Yeah. yeah. My cousin Carly, who you know well, says yeah, that her, her shire, her region down in Victoria, mm-hmm. um, is now doing these these compost bins as well. Yeah, um, Bayside. She's so, Bayside, obviously. Yeah. So, so that the, the compost is going in the green bin yeah. rather than a lot of food waste, these food waste stats. The problem is that... Yes, the food waste, but it's it's wasting next to the printer that you chucked out, and the, you know, the 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 metal and the the old shoes, and it doesn't doesn't nourish the soil if that makes sense because it's it's in landfill. Yeah. So I think having a good compost set up, and, and if people don't have that, I, I just clicked when I was reading all of these stats, why so many people are banging on about getting chooks in the um in mm. their backyard because so many like in Ikaria, I remembered this. I was like. Do you remember when we were having dinner? We're like, Thaya, what are you going to do with all of the food? And she said, it's okay. The chooks and the goats and everyone else, all of the other animals will eat the food that you guys don't eat. So don't feel bad about having leftovers. Do you remember That's, some of the food Well, I do. Had? Mate, oh, seriously, I still think about how much food we didn't eat on those trips. Like, they just kept bringing food out, food out, food out. I'm like, come on, stop. And there'd be all this food. Yeah. And, and I thought that maybe they might, we might get it the next day, but we never, ever got leftovers the next day because it was fed to the chooks. That's just and that's and that's the thing though. Like it's it's it takes the pressure off. It's the circle of life. Like, it's a circle of life. But if you've got chooks in the backyard or whatever, I can totally see because I can totally see why it doesn't feel so much pressure mm. to eat all the food. Because then I was having another chat to Carolyn Keane, oh, yes. um, who will be joining us this year. We said last week in yeah. Sardinia and uh, Ikaria, a wonderful yeah. Yeah. Ikarian. Uh, but she was saying, I sometimes feel like. Um, you know, I should eat the food, like eat the food on on the plate, even if I'm even if I'm full, because I don't want it to go to waste. Like not not just waste, but landfill waste. I want to do. I'd rather take on the extra calories than 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 pop it in landfill. Like, and I can see from an environmental perspective why people would even would would consider that as doing their bit as well. Like that's how that's how much this riles people. These these food waste statistics that we're looking at all alternatives. To make sure it doesn't end up in the nine thousand swimming pools of <laughs> landfill. Yeah, well, that, I I hear that. I hear that, and I you know 
I hear what you're saying there, Carolyn. I really, I do, and I think maybe sometimes I might do the same thing because I just don't like oh, the I idea. I definitely of do place. the same thing. I probably I definitely do the bit. same thing. Yeah. Wow. I don't, you know, you, you have a little bit left over in the salad bowl because we make lots of little salads and stuff. And so instead of just leaving that for tomorrow, because salad the next day is not always uh, that nice. No way. You don't do salad the next day. I'll probably overeat that. I'll overeat yep. that. Yep, true. And if that just happens to have a bit of extra lamb in there or a bit of chicken, then I'll probably have that. Yeah. That's, spirit. that's, that's interesting. Spirit. Oh, you okay. know, so, yeah, composting, chooks, eating, yep. I think, yeah. Well, you know, Jackie, Jackie, who works with me at Vita. Yep. She's one of our CAs, and she runs the podcast Sustainable You. Is it Sustainable yeah. You or Sustainable Me? It's one of those. It's Sustainable something. Anyway, she and her good friend uh, do that particular podcast, and they're doing a great job of it, actually, by the way, and it's really quite an interesting podcast. And so it might be worth listening to that for her ideas on that, but Absolutely. she's got heaps of chooks. She's got free-range chooks all over the place uh, in her backyard, and they've got you know, gardens, they grow all their stuff. They they chuck all their food scraps to the chooks and the kids play out there. They collect the eggs. They eat eggs every day. And oh, it's a and really- she's in suburban Melbourne? Yep, she's Bayside. Yep, she's That's Bayside. it. This is the thing. So it can this be done. This is the thing. I can't do it. it. No, no, you can't me. do it where you are. But no. it can be done. Like that's that's what I kind of, you know, wanted to take away from these statistics is that I know it's disgusting and it's blood curdling and it just riles yeah. every single one of us. But there are also plenty of people out there that are looking at these and going, "Well, I know what my bit is that I can do." Yeah, you know, chooks are only like ten or twenty bucks a chook for yeah. a real life chook. Yeah, and you'd be able to make the chook pen zero cost, knowing you. You're very good at all these things. Yeah, then you can eat it one day, and then eventually, the vegans won't. But eventually, no. that chook will die. Yep, straight back um, and feed it to the other chooks. You don't no want problems. it to be food waste in the bottom of the tip. Can you do that? Can you feed chickens to chickens? Oh, mate, they're not carnivores. Yes, they are. They're not. They're not. Are they? Yeah, absolutely, they I are. I mean, not carnivores. Sorry, cannibals. Well, they'll eat uh, it. They eat everything. I think they. Uh, I think they probably would uh, eat, eat their chickens, own. Chickens. Uh, chickens. Cannibals. You're going to get the answer. Here we go. Cannibalism can affect many different types of poultry, including chickens, <laughs> there ducks, you go. turkeys, quail, and is it peasants or pheasants? Pheasants. Cannibalism can occur in all types of housing systems, including cage. Oh gosh, yeah, right. Including cages, floor pens, aviaries, and free-range systems. There you go. Cannibalism is a learned behaviour that can spread quickly through a flock. Oh, oh. I think some of the YouTube videos might be a little bit scary. It's like Lord of the Flies. Yeah, that starts to get oh. ugly. Um, yeah, so, hey, just quickly, well, uh, question just, without notice. Have maybe, you pressed record on this episode? Yeah, I have. I have. Okay. Maybe, well, listeners, that's a good thing. Yeah, maybe just feed the dead chicken to your cat or your dog. <laughs> well, bury it. Maybe bury it. Give it to the worm. Oh, this is beginning to sound like Animal Farm. I'm becoming a bit uncomfortable with the direction of this conversation. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, that's great. It's a good solution, actually, getting some chickens. Um, I'm pretty sure councils have kind of relaxed their rules around that these days because there used to be rules uh, that you couldn't have chickens in suburbia. Um, well, you can't have the, the loud ones. Are they the roosters? Uh, what? Well, yeah. You can't yeah. have that one. Is that's that a rooster? rooster? That's a rooster, yeah. Yeah, you can't have a rooster. I'm yeah. pretty sure that still stands. Okay. Okay. Well, um, there you go. So, maybe people could actually investigate that. Maybe look at that as a solution for... For that, I don't know if that helps you live a long time, but it probably keeps the planet alive for longer. So that's a good thing to do. Yeah, and then my only other my only other thought on this was, um, and I got two other thoughts when I when I was writing this down. Um, 
our, our blue zones, Ikaria, Sardinia, maybe not us in Ikaria because we're eating taverna food and we're indulging because we don't live in Ikaria, but the locals, they would more likely eat until they're 80% full rather than 120% bloated. Ah, yes. Um, and, and as a result, or sorry, before that, I think serving smaller meals. Um, so family style, smaller plates. Um, but if you're, if you're feeding um, four to six people, often people will say, oh, well, I'll make that recipe for eight. Like if the recipe says for eight, people often make it for eight and then the leftovers may just end up in the bin, not in the Christoph household, but in, in, in some households they will. Yeah. Um, but sometimes if you actually make a smaller, a smaller recipe that everyone still has in a smaller portion, yeah. but the worst case scenario is you've got room for dessert, but yeah. you won't have any leftovers and potential for food waste. So um, – I think those two things are, are also worth consideration. Serving smaller meals on on, on smaller plates, yeah, and 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 not not overeating, um, and and spreading it around a bit more. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Good tips. Jeez, I can't mm-hmm. wait to read your book. I tell you what, <laughs> mate. I had a I had a, a lovely elderly couple come up to me today yeah. who I've never met before, Graham and Annette, who won't listen to this podcast because they don't even know that I host a podcast. And he said, what are you doing there, son? I said, oh, I'm writing a book. And he said, I looked like you were doing something like that. What's your book about? And I went on to tell him and, and Graham introduced me to Annette. And I was like, it's actually good practice to tell people about this book because I, I'm at the point of no return now. There's just no way it's not going to get done. It's great mm. accountability. And yeah. um, and I can't wait to share it with the world. Yeah. Oh, it's so great, mate. So great. So Fun and games. Hmm. Um, well done. This has been fun. Thanks, Damo. Thanks for your support, as always. Uh, I'm, I'm, I haven't had a conversation about food waste with anyone else except for you like that. That was really good. It's good to get it out um, and good to hear your passion about the subject as well. Hmm. Um, lots of takeaways there, folks. Composting, chooks, um, shopping smartly, not having a panic attack if there's not much food in the fridge or the pantry and just making the best of what you have. Um eating a bit less or maybe cooking a bit less, um, lots in there. If you yeah. love all of this stuff, you are welcome to join us in Sardinia and or Ikaria, one or both, August 19 to 28 for Sardinia, August 30 to September 8 in Ikaria, the Italian and Greek Blue Zones respectively. We cannot wait. All the details over at 100notout.com. Spots, I reckon, are almost filled up by the time this episode comes out. And Damo, we must mention, because we haven't on this episode yet, 100 Not Out turned seven on Monday, March 23, mm. and as part of the celebrations, we are going to be together in Melbourne on Wednesday, March 25 for the Longevity Film Screening at the Dendy Cinemas in Brighton. Our listeners are invited to come and join us. Absolutely. Just go to Eventbrite, and then when you're at eventbrite.com, just uh, search the Longevity Film. Uh, and you'll see it, Palace Dendi. Uh, we're putting it on my practice feed of lifestyles, and uh, you get an opportunity to purchase the tickets. Now, there's two different types of tickets you got there. Of course, you can get the general admin ones, but then you can upgrade to get a little feed and longevity experience. And Kyle Brock's book called The Longevity Book. Is it the longevity book? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's over 100 bucks in value in that $60 ticket because yeah. the screening is 25 bucks. The book retails at 55 bucks, so yeah. we're up to 80 bucks, yeah. and you get yeah. uh, some nibbles and some drinks yeah. and some quality time um, with us for about, what, half an hour for the yeah. Yeah. for the screening. Yeah. So that'll be a lot of fun. Wednesday, March 25, and 
All details at eventbrite.com. Damo, as always, thanks again for your wisdom. Thank you, PC. As always, thank you for hosting such a great show. You do such a great job, mate. It's my absolute pleasure. To find out more about the great man, head on over to DamienChristoph.com. If you're in Melbourne, there's only one chiropractor to see. It is DJK. Uh, for myself, head on over to MarcusPierce.com.au. And until next time, spread this message of longevity and aging well with the world and continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.